Seven Studios. You are listening to the Blanche J Radio Network. Paragon Seven Studios. Trying to get Marcus Whitney to come on the show for, for quite some time. Um, he so, so graciously decided to, to to bless us with his illustrious presence. We've been doing this series on on the Lance Day Show for for healthcare, and and he really has a, a fantastic story and background. I think is unique and, and germane to people listening on WVOL here in Nashville and beyond. So thank you so much, Marcus. For, for coming on the show. We have so much to unpack. I have so many questions to, to ask you, but I really appreciate your, your time and, and your presence. And I appreciate what you're doing in the community, man. I think that entrepreneurship and, and ownership, especially uh, in the African-American community, is so huge and, and something that we all need to aspire to. So many opportunities. People don't realize the chances that they have to, to build wealth and to build ownership and have something to pass down for generations to come. And it's people like you that, that really lead the way and help to, to, to shape that, that narrative. So, so we want to welcome Marcus um, to, to our show, uh, to come in and hang out with us for, for an hour and, and talk about health care and talk a little bit about sports. He's a, a part owner here in the MLS franchise here in Nashville. So what's, what's going on, good brother, man? Thank you so much for your time. Man, thank you for having me. This uh, studio setup is fantastic, very appreciate inspiring. It. Looking over the city right now and uh, looking forward to this conversation, man. Well, I always use the the sarcastic line. I say when the city of Nashville is behind us, we have their support. Like I literally mean <laughs> that the city of Nashville is behind us no and, and we have their support. And, you know, shout out to everyone that's a part of this. The, the team over at Streets 99.3, um, some of my partners, Adriana, uh, WVOL. Um, uh, Mr. Heidelberg, the, the owner over there. I mean, I'm 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 not a native Nashvilleian, but. This city, of all the cities I've been on air, I've been on in Philly and in Phoenix. There's something about Nashville that that people really make you feel at home. Yeah, there's a there's a level of uh, friendliness and Southern hospitality that's real. Here, it's different. It's different. It, the energy is different than than it is in other in other areas of the country. But we want to get into it. Um, I've been wanting to talk to you for so long. Tell us about your career arc. How how did you get into um, you know venture capital and starting Jumpstart Nova? How did you get into healthcare? Tell us about your your background and, and your your schooling and just some of the steps that you that you took to be uh, in the leadership position that you're in. Yeah, so um, I moved to Nashville. It'll be 21 years in September, right. Labor Day. It'll be 21 years. Um, and when I moved here, I was uh, a college dropout and right. and starting a family, and I was waiting tables. And so the way to um, I love how everyone that, that comes here is the CEO or Everyone came from humble beginnings. It's very, it's yeah. very rare that people were born with a silver spoon in their mouth. I was like, oh, my daddy gave me fifty million dollars. Yeah, no, you know, was, everyone <laughs> has started at the bottom. No, no. I mean, you know, I would say my parents didn't give me fifty million dollars, but man, they gave me so much. And uh, you know, I definitely uh, they they moved here fifteen years ago, and right. uh, man, it has been uh, just an incredible fifteen years to have them here in this you know second childhood of their their lives and mm-hmm. and. 
for them to be able to see the city grow up, to be able to see this yeah. part of my career. But when, like I said, when I when I got here, I was waiting tables, man, and it was the year two thousand going into two thousand one. So that this was the dot com boom, about to be the dot com bust, and uh, you know, the one way that I saw that I knew that I could sort of quickly get out of the the economic situation I was in without a college degree would be to teach myself how to be a computer programmer, teach okay. myself how to code. Um, you know, now there's all this massive wave of everything from online things like Code Academy to, you know, um, the good brother Joshua Mundy and Pivot Technology Schools here in, here in Nashville. People recognize now that um, if you learn how to code, this is a real sort it's of, huge. yeah, it's an economic step change, right? Mm -hmm. I think in the year 2000, that knowledge was not widely right. distributed, right? And so, um, and the internet wasn't, look, we didn't even have iPhones back then, right. okay? So so I was going to bookstores and buying books and then going home and, and reading and uh, working on my little gateway computer and eventually did learn how to make websites, use Flash, use, use languages that are all sort of dead now. And I got my first job at um, a company called HealthStream in uh, April of twenty of 2001, okay. which was right after the dot-com bust. So I got in the door like literally the last day. Uh, oh, wow. Before the whole bottom fell out, and that was sort of the beginning of of you know the the rest of my career here, man. I spent seven years professionally as a programmer uh, from 2003 to 2007. I was a programmer and then became the director of technology and a partner at Emma, the email marketing company here. So that was like a big level up for me because right. it was a startup. I was the fifth employee, and then you know we grew right. to a significant number of employees. I learned what it was like to have equity, what yep. it was like to see a company generate millions of dollars from like burning cash. So that was just very fortunate for me to to land in that seat. Mm. Uh, and then in 2007, I left there, and that's when I really started my entrepreneurial career. And, right. and uh, you know, sort of the rest is history, but right. there, there's a lot to get into after that. No, um, you know, I think that that's a a, a great story, and, and once again, want to want to highlight the fact. That for those listening and people ask me about my endeavor, um, you know, I'm kind of following your footsteps, was a healthcare executive for many years in the Blue Cross system, um, have made companies literally hundreds of millions, hundreds mm -hmm. and hundreds of millions of dollars. And I got to a point and I said, you know, I could probably make a little bit for myself. Right. You know, it's just, I'm working 80 hours a week and um, I'm getting, you know, uh, yelled at by the missus and I have all of these things going on. Yeah. And, it, and it really dawned on me that... Um, if you can, if you're at a director executive level, and you have so much P and L responsibility, you could go out on your own if you're if you're wise with your money and you know have yourself a bit of a cushion, and you can go out on your own and use some of those same tactics that you use to run companies and and be an employee that you can go out and you know build something that's your own, and you're not really the enemy of your previous employers. You know, you actually become peers totally um, as a, as opposed to be subordinates, and that, and I'm going through that iteration as well now tell us about i'm really interested in jumpstart nova mm -hmm. specifically because i'm a healthcare guy yeah yeah and you're doing healthcare venture capital and nashville is really the national hub for this i mean all you know clover so many of these companies yeah. have started here in nashville and there's so much opportunity but you specifically focus on infusing African-American and, uh, you know, minority groups and, and giving them opportunities to, to become owners as well. What got you into Jumpstart Nova and why do you have that that fire so much to really empower other, uh, you know, brothers and sisters like yourself uh, to be in your seat as opposed to competing with them? Well, uh, I, I partnered with uh, with a guy named Vic Gatto right. back in 2015 to start 
uh, a healthcare venture capital company called Jumpstart Health Investors, early stage right. company. And we, we're, we're probably the the most active early stage healthcare investors in the country. Okay. Uh, so we, we invest a lot at what's called the pre-seed stage and then also right. at the seed and series A stage um, as well. And what, what we just noticed was over the course of the, the five, six years that we were investing leading up to the pandemic last year, um, we were out investing in diverse companies largely because the managers of the fund were him you know white right. white guy from the northeast okay right. me black guy and then we we uh we hired a young lady named eller right. who is the managing director of, of jumpstart foundry so we had a relatively diverse management you're team. also from the northeast too right i am i'm from brooklyn yeah i'm from brooklyn. that's what i thought yeah uh, my my um so my co-host is uh dj rampage who you know is first lieutenant of the Universal Flipmo Squad? Ah, uh, yeah. Oh, oh that so, rampage. Ra that rampage. That's oh, not that's what's up. He's always talking about Brooklyn. Oh yeah, Flatbush. I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean he's, he's, he's legit he's from where about, I grew always, up. He's always talking about Flatbush. He's yeah. always talking about. So he's he's always talking about growing up. He's like, oh yeah, you know, I grew up with Lisa, Lisa, and I oh, grew up oh, man. with all these MCs and you know, uh, Kangol Kid, you know, UTFO and people back from the late '80s, yeah, early '90s. You know, that's 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 my big bro. So he's out in Phoenix holding it down. Okay, um, we had our show together when I lived in Phoenix, yeah. and he does mixes and and kind of check-ins. But our company, he's he's the other half of of my company, so yeah. he and I yeah. really work together. So that's that's funny. There's a different flavor about people from. Brooklyn. I lived in New Jersey as there, a child. There is, there um, is. So there's just a different. There there's is. a different aggression. There, there's, um, you come there's in a, and take over. Well, you, well, well, you, you sort of. Um, it, it's 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 real interesting, man. Like Brooklyn had this like, uh, this gritty king and queen vibe to mm. it, right? Like it, it was still dirty. It's not Manhattan, mm. right? It's it's right. Brooklyn, okay. So you still get it out the mud, but. It's pretty it, gentrified over at Atlantic Station, though, man. Well, it's I mean, just, now, I mean, looks, look, I, look, I moved right. out, you know, before the year right. two thousand, man. Yeah. I mean, when I when I Got was it. living there, that was not the case. Right. You it's, know, it's, it's a different ballpark. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, gentrification has hit the entire country, though. Yeah. You know, Definitely. I mean, which which is actually, I think, pretty here in the Gulf, pr pretty I mean, pretty, pretty relevant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's pretty relevant to the, to this conversation about Jumpstart right. Nova, right? Absolutely. Which is about people don't know things that they aren't exposed to what you 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 at a minimum have to be told about something you have to read about something in order to actually know about it it's, otherwise you're just imagining things right mm -hmm. and what i was really fortunate to be able to do over the last six plus years is be able to be in what i didn't even fully understand when i got into it was a very exclusive club mm -hmm. right healthcare venture capital in nashville right. is a very exclusive club um, demographically, I'm the only black partner of a venture of a healthcare wow. venture fund in in Nashville. Okay? That's awesome. Um, and I mean, look, it's it's okay, right? It's not great at the end of the day. I right. mean, it, because what it, what that ultimately does is is it creates a dilemma for me, right? Because I can't expect anyone else to do anything about increasing the access, right? right? Um, I'm looking at our portfolio, and without even intentionally trying we're investing in more women we're investing in more black people in 2020 we had four exits two of the exits had companies that had black co-founders mm. and that's like you know that just doesn't even happen here right? right and so we weren't even we weren't even really trying but just by virtue of who the management team was for the funds we were making more diverse investments and then obviously the murder of george floyd happened right. so many things happened last year and uh you know 
I didn't start by saying I know what I'm going to do in the wake of this murder. I'm going to start a fund. Right. You know what I what I did was I wrote a um, an open letter because I was I was working on publishing a book and some other stuff. I wrote right. an open letter um, to Nashville's healthcare leadership uh, and and really just tried to connect the dots between you know this incredible industry that is that has grown here over the last 50 years mm-hmm. and the amount of power that it has both in this There's city but across this across country, country yeah. right across the country. Yeah. And the fact that it started, it just so happens that it started in 1968, which is the same right. year that Martin Luther King so was assassinated right. three hours away in Memphis, right? And so if you look, you fast forward 50 years and you look, well, okay, the leadership of, of our industry here is largely represented in our, our healthcare council, you know, Nashville's healthcare council. Well, let's look at the makeup of that board. 30 people, there was one, there's one black person. Let's look at the makeup of the leadership teams of these companies. You know, we're talking 95% and higher white people in, in leadership right. positions. And, uh, you know, it, you j- I just had to connect the dots for them and just say, listen, th- this this lack of access to leadership opportunities is directly connected to the health, health outcomes that you're saying you're trying to work right. on. It's directly connected to the inequity that's happening in our city that you're saying you're trying to work on in your nonprofit board meetings. It's like... It's in it's in the way you're operating your businesses. So that conversation led to um, led to conversations that ultimately started Jumpstart Nova, which is which is a a or the first black healthcare venture fund in America. Wow. Um, And, uh, you know, we're 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 in the process of standing it up when you're when you're raising a fund. uh, This is a little bit of education when you're raising a, a venture fund. You are uh, you have to be compliant with the SEC, and uh, mm-hmm. that means you you need to be careful with what you talk about. So I can talk about the the purpose of the fund. Uh, I'm not going to okay. talk a lot about any details, right. but, I, but I can talk about the purpose of the fund. And, okay. and the purpose is to increase the number of um, black fund managers. And and uh, I just I just uh, came to terms, and, and I'm about to hire um, a young black woman in, in Los Angeles to be my partner. I'm super oh, wow. excited about this. Um, you know, her her joining the team. And uh, and we're investing in companies. We hope over the next five years we'll make twenty or more investments in mm. uh, companies with black founders uh, mm. in the healthcare space. And and you know we're we're writing million dollar checks. You right, know one million, two million dollar you know checks. So that that is phenomenal. So what we're gonna do we're gonna put a pin in that because I got a few more questions within yeah. the parameters, and we're gonna cut to our first break. Yeah. Um, and we'll be back with more of Marcus Whitney on the Lance Day Show after these messages. He's the paragon of sports talk excellence. The Heisenberg of Broadcast Radio, the Wolf of Wall Street. You are listening to James Lewis III, host of the Lance J Radio Network. U.S. Hunger is embarking on a new initiative that will reshape the healthcare panorama. Having shipped food to over 150,000 homes, they are aligning with Medicare Advantage plans to enhance quality, risk adjustment, and star ratings. Many individuals who struggle to manage chronic illness, such as diabetes, hypertension, and COPD, also live within food deserts. U.S. Hunger provides healthy nutrition to families and communities. To hear more about our Food is Medicine program, go to ushunger.org. That's ushunger.org. He's a sweet soul, brother. Joining us on the Lance Day Radio Network tonight, the one and only Pete Rock, the Chocolate Boy Wonder. My favorite Pete Rock remix is... The Jump Around remix the jump around. and the public enemy, the public I shut, shut him down. down. Who do you Bro. rock with that some of the young bulls that's out in the industry today? Well, I definitely say the whole Griselda click, and then I'll say the PDE click. And, you know, um, you know, that's the, 
you know, J. Cole. Uh, I, I, I love you to death, Pete Rock. I love you to no death, Pete Rock. And me and Pete Rock supposed to do something as well. Nope. No doubt, bro. Nope. Let's get it pop. At Industrious, we don't want anything to get between you and your great day. That's why our private offices and suites come with everything you need to safely connect with your teammates in person or over Zoom so you can make every day a great one. Go to industriousoffice.com. Enjoy a great day at Industrious on us when you book a tour at industriousoffice.com. Yo, this your boy Rampage. Shout out my boy DJ Cam. Free Agent Radio. It's official. Land to land, state to state, sea to sea. It's going down like this. You are listening to the Lance J Radio Network. Back on the Lance J Show, I'm sitting here with Marcus Whitney, founding founder, co-founder, managing partner of, of Jumpstart Nova, which I did not know was the only African American VC for healthcare in the in the country. A lot of people in the healthcare, we we have a lot of a lot of CEOs in town come on on this show, uh, based on my time and, and really knowing everybody in the in the Medicare. And Medicaid sector, which is which is my business, you know, I have a relationship with Rise, um, mm-hmm. the association here in Nashville, and uh, just people from from the different health plans here in Nashville, and and there's just the, there's a vibe and energy about this place uh, specifically when you think about healthcare, and I, I find it interesting because I I do a my background on radio is is doing a lot of a lot of talk radio and, and talking about music and talking about sports and stuff like that. And what I'm doing is unique because I actually will bring in a CEO and I'll say, Hey, we'll talk about CEOing for 30 minutes, but I'm also going to ask you what you think about the Titans and yeah. signing Julio Jones. And if that's going to matter <laughs> or not, and I'm a Colts fan. And then we're going to argue about that. And then everybody that comes in here, they have to deal with my obnoxious uh, love for for the Ohio State University. I noticed and um, ripping on 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 Tennessee, but black entrepreneurship is so important. And I teach, and I really want you to to to, to speak on your perspective of it. I always tell people, salary is good, and we all need benefits. You'll make less in salary when you start as an entrepreneur than you did before. But the difference is you'll ultimately make more in salary if you're successful, but you you have the opportunity to have valuation. Few people understand that if they own a company, that there's an opportunity to get a valuation on that company. Rather, it's assets, rather, it's supply chain, whatever it is, whether it's intellectual property. And there, so there are people, Marcus, 
that I've observed walking around, they got a million dollars in their head. They got millions of dollars of uh, IP in their mind, but they never put it to paper. So they're in a cycle where they're working for someone and they they may be doing well. They may not be doing as well as they want, but they're working 70 hours and dealing with bosses, dealing with incompetence at times, dealing with racism mm-hmm. for our people, yep. dealing with sexism, yep. dealing with transgenderism, yep. dealing with whatever the whatever. ism yep. is, whatever the structure is. By investing in yourself, you really have an opportunity to build something that's generational. And it's not always wealth. But it could just be ownership of something. It could be a side hustle. It could be something to pass down to your children. It could be something that takes 20 years. You strike oil, you're 20, and become, you go from making 50 grand a year to making 5 million a year. But as African Americans, we don't always give ourselves that opportunity. I was never taught that in school. I, I learned it myself. What are your, so what are some of your fundamentals on entrepreneurship and, and strategy for becoming entrepreneurs, moving into, if someone's listening on WVOL or our you know, syndicated affiliates around the country and they want to emulate what you're doing, they, they feel like they have a good idea. They don't want to go to Shark Tank and have Kevin O'Leary take half of their business for, for <laughs> 75K. They want to invest in themselves. How, 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 does, how does one do that? Well, you know, to back up just a little bit, one of the storylines that has uh, reemerged and I think finally is getting its proper place in American history is the story of Black Wall Street in, in, in right. Tulsa, Oklahoma, Tulsa, right? Because it's 100 year. Right, yeah. right. It's 100 year anniversary. And, um, you know, I think the reason why it is important is that uh, entrepreneurship in America can be taken for granted, mm. right? We, you know, we talk about voting rights as something that, you know, we fought so long to be right. able to get. Um, you know, the right to be able to live in any neighborhood, the right to be able right. to go to any school. We, you know, we, we, we talk about those things. We don't necessarily talk about the right to operate a business, right, as, as, a, as a right that we have fought for. Um, but it is. It's one of the greatest benefits of being uh, an American citizen is the right to own and operate a business. Um, it is. I mean, you can look around the right. world and see many, many places where this is just not possible. It's just not feasible, either because of the way that the government is set up or just because of the overall economy. It's right. just not healthy enough to sustain it. Right. Um, no, no demand curve. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And, and so this to me, this is a it is one of the great pillars of the civil rights mm. efforts that, you know, our, our, our previous generations really fought for. Furthermore. It's one of the most important things that we can develop as a competency uh, to advance uh, equality for our race here mm. in, here in this country. Mm. Uh, you know, so so I don't like to sort of knock activism sure. or or any you know, or politics right. or any of those kinds of things. That uh, has its place. It has its place. It has its place. Has its place. I'm I'm more of a yes and yes and kind of person, right? And I believe that entrepreneurship is is absolutely crucial, is absolutely yeah. vital. And I also think that it's an um, equalizer. It's 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 that's it, that's my belief. When we are our, our people were robbed the most when I you know, reparations is a real hot topic right now. And I always say, man, if there's ever reparations, I don't I don't control that. If if it happens, I'm not gonna complain. Yeah. But give me land. Yeah. I don't yeah, want yeah, yeah. a check for a hundred thousand yeah. dollars. Give me land. Yeah. That's generational. Yeah. Uh forty acres of land 
definitely will take your family out of poverty. Yeah. Um, even if it's in Wyoming or Idaho or anywhere, you can grow potatoes on that land. You yeah. grow strawberries on that land. Yeah. You you have the opportunity to build your own infrastructure when you have land. And, you know, I think it's the same thing with, with our people. And, you know, we see in our communities, and you being from Brooklyn have seen this, we don't always own the delis and the storefronts and the stuff that are in urban communities. They're no. not, they're frequently not owned by us. No. So the dollar doesn't circulate within our own communities. We're taking our dollars and we're giving it to other communities. And then we're programmed as African-Americans to give our money to Nike, to give our money to Ralph Lauren. And yes. I, me, especially, you see my shoe wall, me especially have, have fallen into those, those yeah. traps. Yeah. But investing in ourselves is, is just a game changer because when you own your community, it's a lot harder for someone to disenfranchise, it just disenfranchise you, in my opinion. Yeah, it, no, yeah. look, it, it, it is. Now, it doesn't mean that it hasn't happened. Right. Um, well, Black Wall Street is a good example because they own their own community and they came in and firebombed yep, the whole community. Yep, Black yeah, Wall Street is a good example. Right. Um, you know, what happened to Tony Sebron and, mm. and uh, Sam Howard here mm. here in, in Tennessee is, is a good example. That was, that was less of a firebombing right. and more of a judicial attack, right? right? Um, but, but look, uh, I, 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 th I think that we have a lot of momentum. I see yeah. a lot of black entrepreneurship happening in America right now, which is really exciting. I wouldn't have raised a fund if I didn't believe there mm. was a lot of great opportunity to invest in great black founders. I do believe that I see that. Um, so I, I'm mostly encouraged, right? But I, but, but we, we always can, can use more, you know, mm. I, I wrote a book called create and orchestrate and you know, I put my mug on the cover of the book, mostly just to make sure that, you know, if there is a business book section in a store and people are walking around, because, you know, a lot of business books were written by white guys, right? You know what I mean? Um, and so I just want them to kind of see, right. hey, we can also write business books, right? We can, we also, can also sort of, write. we can also write, we can write, and you know? Read. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> man. Abacus. <laughs> yeah, it, look, man, it, it, exactly. And 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 look, I think I think one of the, the important things is we, we have to come to terms with the reality that, um, we, we are coming from behind right. in this overall race. That's just the reality. And if you want to do things like, and you don't have to, by the way, what I'm about to say is, is not necessary. You don't have to get into venture capital. Right. You don't have to get into professional sports. But mm. if you want to, you're going to have to learn how to do deals with white people. This right. is this is something you're going to have to develop, right. a, you know, a capability. And, and that, it's a, it's a developed skill, right. you know what I mean? It's a developed skill. And so I, I look, I think there's, there's so many things that we need from a black entrepreneurship perspective. I'm just trying to cover a particular segment of that and, mm. and, and, and demonstrate that there, there's a possibility there and, it, it's not just supposed to be me here doing sure. this. Many more of us can be doing this. No, um, like no, there's no question in my mind. More of us can be doing this. No, that 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 makes a lot of sense, and that that kind of leads us into our our second break. Um, I'm gonna come back. I'm gonna start asking you about the the soccer, the MLS. Stuff yeah, because I I find that to be fascinating as well. And I'm a I'm a huge Columbus Crew fan, and um, have had a chance to go to one soccer game here in Nashville, and it was a really good experience and, and just see the and see MLS proliferating 
and just growing and getting bigger and bigger. That's 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 very exciting to to me personally. So we'll be back more Lance J show after these messages. Paragon, Paragon seven, seven studio. Mr. McDowell, what is it, sir? I was wondering, did you happen to catch the professional football contest on television last night? No, I didn't. Oh, it was most exhilarating. The Giants of New York took on the Packers of Green Bay. And in the end, the Giants triumphed by kicking an oblong ball made of pigskin to a big H. It was a most ripping victory. Son, I'm just going to tell you this one time. Yes, sir. You want to keep working here. Stay off the drugs. You are listening to the Lance J Radio Network. Rampage, the first lieutenant of the Universal Flipmo Squad. Paid off like the assassin, now I'm blasting, I'm taking over. Stick you for your blue range rover. I told you, Rampage, your real life soldier. Been in the game since the age of 13. James Lewis. Dwelling south for the Hudson, New Jerusalem in seclusion. Uh, Using fake suit and yeah. I'm true bad. My travels like a schizo with two tabs with durags hanging from my pocket. Huh. What, boy? You are listening to the Lance J Radio Network. This is your boy Rampage, first lieutenant of the Universal Flipmo Squad. Learn more about group insurance benefits with Engagement Health. Call to speak to an advisor today at 832-219-5829. Tell them that the Flatbush King sent you. 